Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And welcome back. Our special guest today is Ethan Cassiotis. Ethan is based in Sydney, Australia. He is a business growth expert, investor, international speaker, coach, mentor, consultant, and podcast host. My goodness, that's a list, Ethan. Uh, he helps business owners grow and scale the business to create wealth and freedom in their life. He hosts the Business Growth Show, where he interviews successful entrepreneurs and celebrities, including Jay Abraham, Bruce Buffer, Julian Michaels, Nick Bell, and George Kukas. And us. Uh, and of course us. Um, he has spoken on stage in front of 1,000 people and uh, 2,500 in Los Angeles, along with many stages in Australia. And he's personally worked with many of Australia's biggest brands, including Kmart, Target, Westfield, Catch, Coles, Department of Defence. So welcome, Ethan. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. to be uh, Lovely to be here, Lindsay and Raoul, and awesome to yeah, provide a lot of value to your audience. Excellent. So we're here today to talk about the top five tips for business growth. And I know you're a bit of a guru in this stuff, so I'm really excited to hear what you've got to share. What's tip number one? Yeah, tip number one is mindset. And I think mindset is where it really starts because I can give the same strategies to 10 different people and I get 10 different results. And the reason is because of mindset. And I want to touch on our beliefs. So our beliefs really create our results. And there's a lot of limiting beliefs that we've got, you know, from growing up from our parents or other people that are around us that are in our subconscious mind. So we need to go through a process to really uncover what those are and choose what we actually want to believe. If you have money is the root of all evil, well, how do we change that? Where lack of money is the root of all evil or money is a good thing, right? Or whatever it was growing up for you. And basically there's like a circle that I want you to picture right now where it starts with our belief and we have a choice. And our beliefs then determine our decisions, what decisions we make. And then from the decision, it's not just about making a decision, it's a commitment after that. Because once we commit, that's when the magic starts happening in our business or in our life even. And then once we commit, we start to take action and then we start to get the results that we desire. And then once we get the results, that actually reinforces our mindset again going, hey, we did something for the first time. I spoke on stage for the first time, whatever it is, right? And then that helps us to then, you know, um, enhance our beliefs even more so. So that's a really powerful method to understand how our beliefs are there. And the other second part I want to touch on is about identity, because I think this is really important where, you know, when we have transitions, it's important to upgrade our identity. This is where people can have that imposter syndrome sometimes, especially like, for example, if you quit your job and you start a business as an entrepreneur for the first time, but you've got your identity linked as, um, you know, I'm an engineer or whatever that is, but now you're actually a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, or um, you know, you started as an investor. You have to now have the identity that you're an investor now. You're not just a business owner anymore. So understanding whatever point you are at your life, you have to change your identity of who you are being. And then what are the beliefs that support that identity? So then you can really step into that moving forward to that next level version of yourself. Okay. So, so we've got our beliefs, right? We, we, we kind of know who we are. We've worked out who we are. Um, you know, we've got our mindset right. What's tip number two for the top five tips for business growth? Yeah, so then it comes down to planning. 
Planning is extremely important. Most of you have probably heard the, the saying that if you, you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So that is my father-in-law's favorite saying, Ethan. <laughs> That's it. And it's so true, right? Like in business, a lot of people just go, I'll oh, just work things out along the line. They wonder why their business isn't growing that well. And you know, there's two elements to planning. There's strategic objectives, like what's the strategy behind it, but then there's also the tactical element, the tactical monitoring over the time. So when you're understanding your, your vision, your mission, what are those bigger goals and the short-term goals that you want to achieve in that big vision? And then once you understand what that is, how do we then break that down? We might have a big five to 10-year goal. That's great, right? Like what's our big goal that we want to make an impact in our business? Then go, okay, well, what can we achieve in this next year, for example? What's going to be something that stretches us, but that's achievable? Okay, well, then how do we then break that down into, say, quarters, 90-day plans, Every quarter is really powerful way. It's enough time to take action and then to be able to move forward um, and then breaking that down again into months, into weeks, and even into days, right? Into what we do within our business. And this is not just for ourselves. Yes, it's for ourselves as the business owner, but as we start to get a team, which we should be, you know, to grow our business, then we need to make sure everybody's aligned with these strategic objectives. It's not just doing the day-to-day, -day, oh, I just need to do these few tasks. It's, okay, our strategic objective might be we need to upgrade our branding and website, right, this quarter as an example. So what are the tasks that we're going to do as a team, each individual of us, that is going to help us to achieve that task, not just the standard working every day. And once you have these strategic objectives and you break them down and you have meetings with people every week, if not every day with your team to make sure, hey, are these done, not done in progress? Are you actually achieving this? Are there any bottlenecks? Whatever that is, that's going to be the stuff that moves you forward and you can get like exponential growth in your business from that. So, Ethan, what if you're a micro business and there's only one or two of you and, uh, you know, you don't have a team as such? And then, you know, I'm just thinking there's the, the constant pressure of juggling the doing, but also um, trying to have that forward vision. How do you cope with that? Yeah, great question. So even if you have one person, you can definitely do this process. If you're by yourself or you're, you're early on, I would say is see if you can find an accountability person, another business owner that's in the same position as you, right, where you can have these daily or weekly meetings with them to keep you accountable and, and on track with what you're doing. Um, also... You know, it's it's the urgent and, and important element, right? There's that that quadrant where it's the non-urgent important stuff, which is this stuff, right? Which is the stuff that moves you forward because the urgent is the stuff that you just want to do all the time. So the, the key thing I would say, it's like the book Eat That Frog, is do the big important task at the start of the day. It's it, If you put it towards the end of the day, it's probably not going to happen because everything <laughs> will pop up. So give yourself an hour or however much time you need each day at the start. Don't open the emails and spend an hour in those. Do the important task that's going to be the big thing that moves your business forward, then focus on the other things that are urgent and that you'll make sure that you're moving forward. i got to tell you, uh, that was one of the biggest mistakes I used to make, and that was spend the first hour of the day on email. And then around about 12, I'd stick my head up and go, oh, my goodness, where did the morning go? So you go down into so many rabbit holes, uh, it was scary. So good tip. Um, all right, let's move on to tip number three. What have you got for us? Yeah, tip three is branding. And, and branding is really the key. A lot of people think, oh, I want to market my business. I want to sell more. But branding is actually the key foundation of your business. And there's different elements of your brand. There, there's personal brands and there's business brands. So just to be aware. So us as our names, we have a personal brand, which is great to be an authority. We also have our business brand um, that, can, that can do and that they, they align together. 
Um, and, and the key things about branding is you want to be an authority in what you do. And there's a, there's a few different ways that we can be an authority. So how do we stand out basically, right? Where people are attracted to us and we're seeing different to everybody else that's happening in the market. So um, a couple of the biggest things about being authority is like being um, pe- taking pictures or interviewing or videos with celebrities. Now, you may not care about celebrities that much, but there is an unconscious element or people that care about celebrities going, wow, Ethan knows he's got pictures with Bruce Buffer and Vince Vaughn and Dr. Phil. Okay, he knows these people, right? So there is an element there of authority about that. Speaking, I know you do a lot of speaking as well as myself and Raul as well, right? So being a speaker is a big authority because most people have a fear of public speaking. So if you can speak, no matter what size audience, it makes you an authority in what you do. So there's, you know, being an author, it's in the word authority, right? Like whether it's an ebook or a, or an actual book, um, getting, you know, on podcasts, having a podcast, like we've, we've got podcasts ourselves or even, you know, being interviewed on a podcast, even if you don't have one, makes you an authority. And a key element would be results like testimonials. Does that really show that what you're doing? So all of these elements, you know, come together on being an authority on how you're different. And the key takeaway is that most consumers, it's over 80%, buy based on the brand. That is a powerful stat there. So if you know that that's the case, you you better be building your brand, your personal brand, as well as your business brand in a way that people are like, wow, I love what Lindsay Rao Athens doing right now. I want to work with them instead of anyone else that's doing something similar in the industry. Okay. So so are we talking brand in a in a broad sense now? In other words, the the positioning. And and it's interesting, I see so many people who who, you know, when every time there's a problem, they go, oh, we better rebrand. We better, you know, <laughs> we better update our logos. And then they go out to social media. I've got these five different logos in varying shades of blue. Which one is the best? And when I go back and say no one cares, they get all, you know, pissy with me. But, but you know, brand is not about which shade of blue you're using. You know, you know, where, where do people make that mistake? You know, why do they make that mistake? Yeah, I think people don't understand the strategy around branding. And my wife's actually a brand strategist in communications business. So I've got a very good understanding of this where brand is all about how you make people feel. That's the simple aspect it would be, right? And yes, the logos or the colors and stuff are a small portion of that, right? In what you do, but it's about consistency a lot of the time. So how are you portraying yourself and your brand out there? It, most people think of the tangible thing. Oh, I just need to update my website, the logos and whatever. And that's going to be the thing that takes my brand to the next level. It's not that. It's every touch point in your business. What are you doing when you're messaging people online, when you're sending an email, when your team, if you have a team, are interacting with people? That is your brand. It's about what people say about you when you're not in the room. That's the biggest thing that I'll say, right? That is your brand. So how are you making people feel? So yes, there is an element of the, the assets, but it's it's the whole strategy and how you are communicating with people so that people love working with you. I love that line you said there, what are people saying about you when you're not in the room? And I think that just really sums it up so nicely. Uh, that that's your that's your brand, isn't it? And and if you're consistent with your delivery of service or or whatever quality or whatever it might be for you, then that's what they're going to be talking about, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, so powerful. Okay, so Ethan, all right, so we've gone mindset, planning, branding, 
as the first three tips for a business growth, what is the fourth? The fourth one we're going to get into sales. And I think sales is the most important skill in business um, because we could have the best products and services in the industry and people out there want and need it. But if we can't sell, basically everybody loses <laughs> um, in that way. So, and, and, you know, a lot of people have some limiting beliefs around sales. If we just quickly talk about mindset or the, the sleazy car salesman or, you know, snake or whatever it is, right? Growing up because they've had bad experiences, but sales are just on a process basically, right? And we're selling, you know, our kids are selling to us, you know, to buy us an ice cream, you know, for them when they're going out. We're selling to our partners if we want to go watch this movie or something else. Like sales is actually part of life. So it doesn't have to be this dirty word. It's about serving. It's a process just initially, right? And and the, the problem most people do is they they think of there's the features and benefits element about sales and they just think, oh, my products and services do this, 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 and this and buy my stuff, right? But it doesn't work like that from sales where we need to focus on the benefits and, and especially more on the emotions of people because people buy off emotion and they reinforce with logic. So how do we, um, you know, have those how do we invoke emotions basically, right, into these people so that they want to do it? So it's, it's digging on those questions about those convincing reasons to buy and asking why they really want to do it and connecting with their why and how our products and services can actually, you know, help them to achieve their why and what they want to achieve in their, their business, their life or whatever you're providing to people. And the biggest tip that I would ask, say as well, is that people do more to get away from pain than they do to get pleasure, right? And this is a very, very powerful one. So people just think, I'm going to help you and do all these amazing things where really you have to say, if you you don't want these bad things to happen, then I'm going to make sure you achieve it. Quick, you know, story is um, I got Westfield as a really big client, right? Um, In my business. And I knew that Coles screwed up their, their, their waste and recycling tender and everything like that. And basically I said to them, I won't get into all the details. I said, do you want to be like Coles? And, you know, screw the market. People had to cancel Christmas holidays. They got a bad result. Like it was bad, right, about what happened with this procurement process that they did. I said, do you want to get me involved? Well, we do it right the first time and I get you the best result. And I've saved them over $4 million a year by doing that. Oh, well done you. Right. So, But I focus on the pain that could potentially happen and they didn't want to go through that pain. And that was the thing that got them over. So what is the pain that you could potentially put in front of your prospects and they feel that emotion and go, no, I don't want to feel that pain. Your, my product and service is the one that's going to help you get out of that pain. So do you reckon people have a psychological block around selling? Yeah, definitely. Um, people, it's based on their experience, right, um, of, of that, unfortunately. So it comes down to the beliefs. So let's say I hate sales is someone's belief, and obviously they're not going to like sales. So what is the opposite of that? This is a little additional mindset hack is going, okay, well, what do I want to believe about sales or anything about business? In sales, I love sales. I am a master at sales. These are a couple of beliefs that you can start telling yourself and you can, you know, use these as affirmations or incantations, whatever you want to call yourself and actually say these to yourself every day. Um, And eventually the unconscious mind will believe it. So think about what you want to be as your ultimate salesperson in yourself, because you know that sales is a part of business and we do it. What are the beliefs that support that and especially the opposite of what you believe now? They're going to have the biggest impact and then literally tell themselves, say that to yourself every day before you get on a sales call or a meeting, say these to yourself. So you put yourself in a good frame of mind and then just take people on a process to really building some rapport, digging into what their 
wants and needs are and why it's important to them, qualifying them that they're a really good, you know, fit for your products and services. Obviously, we don't want to just sell to anybody. We want to make sure they're a good fit and then providing the offer, right? Um, and then if you do that process right and it is a is a process, then, you know, you're going to be able to, everybody wins basically. Yeah, but Ethan, you seem, you, you commented there about getting yourself in the mindset before a sales call. But, you know, in business, we're selling even when we're not selling. You know, just convincing our staff member to do the right thing is selling them an idea. So you know, surely, you know, I mean, I, I would have, I guess, in my mind, go one level bigger, which is that everything in business is about sales. And therefore, you know, we've got to accept that we don't, you know, that that, that everything we do, you know, a government worker, someone working in a government department goes into a meeting, they're selling. But you tell them that they're selling, they're going to freak out. How do we get around that mindset? Yeah, I love that. And it is the ultimate mindset that we should have, that it is part of us. And this comes down to that identity piece that I was talking about before, right, is having sales as part of your identity, that this is just who you are all the time and that you're working on serving people and helping other people and just taking through a process. I think the reason why I say it beforehand to get yourself in the frame of mind is because of what those people have, right? I'm going into a sales meeting, you know, and then the fears or the, the limiting beliefs come up. So before I go into any of these meetings, <clears throat> excuse me, I basically tell myself what's going to happen a lot of the time. So I, I have the beliefs. I say these beliefs that there, but then I might say, hey, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to present really well. I'm going to take them through a process and X, Y, Z, whatever works for you, right? Depending on the context of that meeting, that provides me with huge amounts of confidence before I go into that. Now, that could be just in my mind or I could even say it out loud. I'm walking there, whatever it is, right? But it just helps someone to then shift from their day-to-day selling, let's call it, to if they have any issues to go, okay, this is the frame of mind. This is what's going to happen. Sort of create the future in advance in a way, basically. Because what happens is, is you go into that meeting with confidence and then people feel that from you, right? Because people don't necessarily hear what you say. They, 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 it's how you make them feel a lot of the time. So they will pick up on that. Those nonverbal cues, right? The body language, the tone, everything like that. When they're there, it's not necessarily about what you're saying. It's about how you're making them feel. And then once you do that enough times, what I'm saying here to pre-frame yourself, it'll start to be, really become part of your identity where then you can step into what Raul's talking about here about just making it part of what you do. You don't necessarily have to do that because Every, everything is a sales and you're just really, you know, influencing people in a positive way to be able to get a great outcome, you know, for themselves or for ourselves as well. Yeah, love it. Okay, so let's round it off. Tip number five, what have you got? Yep, so tip five is systems. Uh, systems, extremely important in business, um, whether you're by yourself or you've got a team of one or 100 plus people um, because, you know, you don't want to have to work things out each time and, and you know, you want to be able to automate things. Now, there's a few different ways in systems here. There's obviously there's software, but there's also SOPs or standard operating procedures, right, in here. So standard operating procedures is you need to basically create step-by-step, you know, checklists as well as documents, processes that anyone can follow. Think about it if you got, you know, someone off the street or your nephew that was 16 years old and you could give them this document and they could follow it and they could get the result in your business. Somebody that doesn't know anything. And and a way to test this is if someone writes the process in your business or if you write it, get somebody else 
to try and use the process to see if when they follow it, it actually works because some people might not put everything in there because they do things automatically. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's a great test, right? To see and then go, hey, I tried to do this. And then you watch, that'll really refine it because that's that's really the value of your business if you eventually want to sell it, right? Is how good your systems and processes are to then create value in your business. But then, you know, then the next level as well is not just the process, but is about software. So how do you automating things and making things easier, making it more accurate to then scale the business and not need as much manpower or team power um, in your business to be efficient. Like, you know, Calendly, a calendar link program, right? The book of time to be on a podcast or whatever like that and get information from people. It's easy. You send them a link, you get information back. You save emailing time, time to sort of work out times. All these little bits of time add up. That's just a simple system. You've got you know, CRM systems, a customer relationship management system. How are you understanding your client journey, your customer journey, and how are you, um, you know, measuring that and understanding what part of the process they're at so you can move them along that process and not letting people fall through the cracks, basically, right? You need to have accounting systems, know your numbers. Numbers are extremely important in business, whether that's zero, mile, QuickBooks, whatever that is, but understanding the numbers. And then there's so many different systems, right? But there, there's a few as an example. I think the other one would be a project management system as well. Um, I think is really important, even by yourself. Doesn't even, you know, whether you got, but especially if you've got a team, just to understand what, you know, the projects and tasks you've got to do. What's the urgent, important element that we were talking about earlier today? So then you can plan those important things early in the day and then do the other areas. And then you can also delegate, um, you know, to your team, you know, through that system as well. And this just increases efficiency. And then, you know, now the, the buzzword is AI, right, as well? Yeah, how true. The moment. So then how do we then incorporate AI into our systems where we can potentially do it twice as fast and someone can get double the output now because AI is doing half of their role, right, at the same time. So understanding what, the, you know, there's chat GPTs, but there's so many other ones that are coming out, it's moving fast. But how do we incorporate that AI into our systems um, to do it? You know, as an example, in a podcast interview, I create the questions myself Sometimes I could just put into ChatGBT and say, hey, give me 10 to 15 questions I could ask about these topics, right? And that just saves me maybe 10 minutes of my time to be able to do that. That adds up, right? And now I still would change them and add them, but it gives a base element of it. So it's a great inspirational tool though, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It, it creates a good foundation, but it's up to us then to enhance that and, and yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got one on the clock, Ethan. We are almost out of time. Should our listeners want to get in touch with you and tap into your obvious wealth of knowledge in terms of business growth, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best way is my website, ethancassiotis.com. That's A-T-H-I-N-C-A-S-S-I-O-T-I-S.com. Or find me on socials. I'm, I'm big on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. So if you find me on there, there's only one of me um, online. My name is very unique. So that's easy to find. I'm not a John Smith. Ethan Cassiotis is very unique. So um, yeah, find me on social. Look at that. I have a business growth summit as well. Um, you know, businessgrowthsummit.com.au. So I have a free event that, you know, you can come in. I basically teach you all nine areas of business that I teach, um, which are really powerful. So um, feel free to reach out. I've got many resources. Always happy to have a chat, um, you know, there and uh, help you either directly or, or pass you on to someone in my network that can help you with whatever problems you have. Cool. Perfect. Thank you very much, Ethan, for being a guest on the Top 5 podcast. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane, Australia. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 podcast.